0: Hey, welcome we're so glad you're joining with us today for our Life church podcast today is a special day because now i'm standing right here on our brand new student outreach center and from this location we're creating plans now To reach the homeless and to do feeding programs and so much more. And then also to reach into the Bradford University and college students and reach that lost generation of students. And ironically, from this location where I'm standing now, which is our top floor, this was a drug growing facility here. They had hydroponics up here, they had all kinds of exhaust fans and extract fans set up. And isn't it just so cool that from this location that was being used to destroy a generation Now we're gonna use it to reach a generation. I love what God is doing at Life Church. Incredibly exciting times. Now then, I'm gonna share my heart today with you about fathers. You know, the truth is, we need so many more spiritual fathers. We talked about this with our Father's Day that happened just a few weeks ago, but we realized that God needs so many more spiritual fathers right across Europe. So I hope that you're inspired to help practically now to be the hands and feet of Christ to this generation. Come on, let's get this message started. LEAD is a free one-day event for all those in leadership. It will be taking place on the 29th of September at 10 a.m. at our main Bradford campus. We're so thrilled to have Pastor Kevin Gerald all the way from Champions Church in Seattle, Washington to be with us and all of our leadership team for Life Church on the day. Here we're going to equip inspire and to build a generation to reach a generation and we hope that you'll be able to join with us. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible it's going to come up behind me but can I just encourage you to get a Bible. Getting a Bible is so practical. Reading the Bible can help change you because it's full of insight. It's full of practical application and here in Luke chapter 15 verse 11 it's titled subtitled here the parable of the lost son you need to know about this though that the parable of the lost son was not in the original text it was added later on and so as we talk about the parable of the lost son let's just think about this story this is Jesus and he's telling this story to his disciples because he's trying to get them to understand how great God is as a father and so he uses this story, and he has this incredible aspect. And really, I believe this story is not just about a lost son that squandered his wealth. This story is about a tremendous, incredible father. An incredible father who helped rescue two sons. One who was lost out there in the wider world, sinning and going out into all these horrible addictions. And another one who was lost right here in his own household two sons that were both lost, the younger and the brother. You see, often, you know, you can even be in the sound of my voice tonight and you can still be lost. You can be lost in a world in a sea of trouble and a sea of challenge. And yet God's father heart is that we break through that. And so we lean in now on a conversation. We lean in on a conversation between a father and his younger son and a father and his older son. And I've understood this from my own relationship with my father, Dennis. What a great name, Dennis. And I've got a picture of my dad and my son, Noah, leaning in on a conversation. And tonight I want you to lean in just like this picture. Can we show this picture? Check this out. This is God's father heart for us. This is my son, Noah, and my father, Dennis. My my son leaning in on my dad. And when I saw this picture, and when I look at this picture, and I think about what this represents, I'm reminded of how God wants to hold each one of us. Regardless of your experience with your natural father, God is a spiritual father wants you to lean in, and, and from this perspective, listen. You see, you can think God's far off, that God's shouting at you, condemning you, you know, but that's not God's heart. God's heart is that you lay your head, and you hear his heartbeat for you you hear his love for you You hear his hope for you you hear his purpose you discover his meaning for you and a lot of men don't understand this and so they think being a man of god is just about being male and it's not just about being male no fatherhood is all about how you represent god's heart to the world that's what this is about and this morning i gave three keys i'm not going to repeat these if you want to hear that get part one of the message this morning but because tonight I've got to get into this concept deeper and go and help people understand how to lean in in a way that will help you. Now, I had a conversation with my father, Dennis. And, you know, two years ago, I took my dad to the Super Bowl and went to New York. Sorry for mentioning the Super Bowl again, but it is Father's Day. Sports and Father's Day just go together. And it was a lifelong dream that my wife Charlotte helped fulfill by sending us to the Super Bowl to see the Seahawks play in New York. And it was all part of a strategic plan to get me to spend time with my dad. And one particular evening, and we were, we were waiting for the Super Bowl, it was like two days away. We were in New York, and we had dinner together. And we went to this restaurant, and this restaurant was, was a cool restaurant. It was about, um, oh, it was, it was, if you know Miami Dolphins, it was the Miami Dolphins coach who owned this restaurant. And the menu was on an American football, and the size of the steak was a 36-ounce steak. Come on, that's a steak worth saying, amen. That's the kind of steak I want. And it was after the meal we ate, we leaned in on a conversation. My dad said something to me that, I tell you what, was one of the most poignant conversations I've ever had in my life with my father. And I I just want to go there tonight and open up my life because there's something about being honest about your relationship with your father that you understand. And and my, my dad leaned over the table and he said, Steve, I want you to understand three things about my life. He goes, number one, I failed in my marriage. My dad got divorced after 32 years of marriage. He goes, number two, I want you to understand, Steve, that I failed in my business. My dad went bankrupt in his late 50s and lost everything he worked for. Started as a dishwasher, ended up going bankrupt. But then the third thing he said, I failed as a father. I tell you, that was a defining moment. I sat there and thought, okay, it is true you were divorced, and it is true you failed in your business. But I leaned over the tail to my dad and said, you don't have the right to tell me you failed as a father because I determine your success as a father and right then I was able to say to my dad I said dad yes you failed in those first two aspects I'm telling you now dad you did not fail as a father because I love you and we're here tonight and our fatherhood your fatherhood of me is not yet finished it's not yet finished and so we're just putting a pause here right now and I tell you that changed the entire conversation as we leaned in together And as we went from there to the Super Bowl, and guess what? It wasn't six months after that, that my dad, who did not know the Lord as his, Jesus as his Savior, later on, six months later, right here in this church, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. But I'm convinced that it was the leaning in of that conversation that laid a stone This stone became a brick that we built our foundation on. And I'm saying that as we approach Luke 15, because in a similar way, we're leaning in on a conversation that really we have no right listening to. We really, you know, have you ever been in a conversation, you're leaning in because it's so interesting, so intriguing, but you got no right to be there. This is a father and son conversation. It's a father and son, and then later on, a father and son conversation. First with the younger, then with the older. And the father and son conversation goes like this. The younger son, give me my inheritance. And he goes away and he squanders it. You know the story. But what I want to focus on, I'm going to pick the story up in Luke chapter 15, verse 21 tonight. Luke chapter 15, verse 21. I want you to listen to what the younger son said. When he came to his senses and he realized that what the Father had promised and put in him, he realized he came back to the Father. But this is what he says in verse 21 The Son says to his Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your Son. But my first principle is this Your worth is not dependent on how you feel. Your worth is not dependent on how you feel. it's not. It doesn't depend on your past mistakes at all. And here's my dad at the table going, "Steve, I failed you as a father." And I realized, no, you just made some mistakes, Dad. That's all. You made some mistakes. Some were bigger than others. But don't let your worth be defined by your experience. And Jesus is trying to get this point across to us tonight that your worth doesn't come from who you are, but it comes from whose you are it comes from God, your father, not you. And so here we go. He's leaning across the table and the son doesn't understand it. And the father just rocks his world because he's saying to his son, no, your worth isn't dependent on how you feel or how you wasted the money. No, your worth is depending about what I say about you. You see, he's a sinner, this man. He knew what he did. He squandered his wealth. He did all kinds of things that were wrong. But what happened is the heavenly father, he doesn't condemn you. He forgives you. I mean, that's the power of fatherhood. The fatherhood forgives. Fatherhood gives you a second chance. And then it elevates your worth. When your worth starts to get elevated, guess what? You treat everybody with respect and dignity and honor that they deserve. Like you saw in that video, your worth isn't dependent on the color of your skin. It's not dependent on anything, your bank account or where you come from or where you live. No, your worth is dependent on your relationship. That's your life supply with Jesus Christ. And when this life supply gets restored, everything changes. And so the father says, quick, quick, quick. Give me my best. Give me the best robe. Give me my best ring. Give me the sandals. And he comes and he put those on his lost son. Why? Because his son was worthy of that. Not because of who he was, but because of whose he was. And so the father brings all that out and he elevates the worth of his son. Is your worth elevated tonight? Do you think of yourself and your fatherhood or do you think of yourself at the same level that God does? Because what God does as a father, he wants to elevate your self-esteem. He wants to elevate your confidence. He wants to elevate your faith level for your future. That's how God works. And in this Just a quick example of what happened. And then he goes on to say, we're going to have a feast and we're going to celebrate. Talk about a 36-ounce steak. Bring me the fattened calf. I mean, not the skinny calf. The fattened calf. Why? Because you're worth it. You see, God doesn't say, bring me a bowl of porridge. No, that would be pathetic. No, God says, I'm going to bring the fatted calf for you. And I'm going to bless you so much that you're going to struggle to receive it some of you start to get blessed, like, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't be here. Well, that's because you're, you think that you deserve it based on what you've done. And you don't deserve anything based on what you have done. And if your relationships are based on what you have done, you don't deserve them. What you've got to understand then, what you earned and what's coming to you is because of what God has done in Christ for you. That's why you deserve to be blessed. And you can say, yeah, bring it on God, because he loves you. And the Bible says in another place, he wants to lavish gifts upon you because he's a good and perfect father. He doesn't say if anybody asks for a good gift, the he doesn't come and give you a scorpion or he doesn't come and try to rip you off. No, he wants to elevate and bless you and he wants to mess with your thinking through his blessing power. And what happened here when this worth started to change, when the sun started to get to this place, we're like, oh my gosh, I've got to change this. I've got to change this mindset. Suddenly you realize that the battle that we're fighting is not just a battle of economics. It's a battle that's mental. And the biggest the biggest barriers that we face as a man, the biggest barriers that you face as a woman will be mental challenges in life. It'll be affecting your self-worth. It'll be thinking of yourself the way God thinks about you. And I want you to have this. First I talked about worth. Now I want to talk about what it means to be a warrior. The warrior that we should be is, I want to elevate this thinking in us, he is not so we can do physical harm to people, it's that we can fight injustice, Is that we can fight heartbreak, and we can elevate God's heart. Now that's going to take people with a mindset like a warrior. Warriors are disciplined. They're in the house of God. They're not wimps. Men of God, fathers of God, we shouldn't be wimps. Being a wimp is just not in God's heart at all. No, there's a strength to being a man of God that's not, that's not based on you raising your voice or shouting. Because the Bible says this, better is a man who has self-control than he who takes a city. Show me a warrior and I'll show you somebody that has self-control. The greatest fighters, the greatest warriors, those who want, those who have their, their emotions are mastered, they're, they're just effortless in how they communicate. I've been thinking about this, what it looks like to be a warrior, and I've been thinking about the way a lion looks. you know a lion most of the time just sleeps? It hardly even moves, it's, and yet and yet when it does move, it's so economic in its movement that it looks Effortless. And a while ago, we were at London Zoo, and I remember—I remember being in London Zoo and for the first time. I heard a lion roar. Have you ever heard a lion roar? I mean, it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It's that loud. It's that impressive. And as I started to think about this, I started to think there's a time to do battle, and there's a time to be a warrior. But you better pick and choose your battle. You better be careful not to waste your roar. You got to be careful not to waste your energy and your resources. And here's a father who's trying to say, no, I only got one fattened calf. And I'm bringing it out now because now it's time to celebrate. I wonder if you're fighting the right battle. I wonder if you're fighting the right battles in your life, standing up for the right people, because there are some battles that are worth fighting for. Jesus fought the right battle. He went to the cross for you and I. That's the battle that Jesus fought. And many battles Jesus walked away from. He wasn't engaged in. He didn't get, he didn't go there. He didn't fight. But for the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured that. Why? Because you and I could never know God the Father unless Jesus Christ went before us. And I'm going to challenge you tonight, church. Let's fight the right battles. Let's not fight the wrong battles. Let's not waste our energy and our resources on things that don't matter, that are insignificant. And so I'm asking that we reprioritize our life about things that really matter and watch what God does next. So we get this mindset. And finally, I'm just going to finish this last key because time's going. This is the older brother. And I've just talked about the younger. Let me just focus for just a few minutes on the older son. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the When the older son was in the field, he came near the house and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother is coming, replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf. And then he goes on and says, the brother became angry and he refused to go in. Watch what the father does. The father goes out and he pleads with his son. I mean, he pleads, he reasons, he pleads, he begs. I mean, I love this is, this is God eternal. And he's out pleading and he's dealing with our motives and he's appealing to our senses going, come on, can we just let that old bitterness go? And he challenges this mindset in the older son because the older son is just as lost in the house as the younger son is lost in the field. And a good father, he sees that and he does something about it. And here comes the anger. He's the older son. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders and yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 31, and my, the father says, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. I mean, that's such, such a beautiful picture of what God's fathering heart looks like. And he says to the older son who's lost in the house, son, everything I have is already yours. Everything I've got is already yours. And the older son, he thought he was slaving for himself. No, 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 no. The older son was slaving, working for his own inheritance. He should have realized, I'm working so that I can be a part of the joy and celebration to see my younger son come back. And here's this mindset, and we got to be so careful when we're in the house. God is so big. He is so big. His heart is for everybody. And God's heart is so big that just because somebody else is being blessed, that doesn't mean you won't be blessed. Just because somebody who comes in, they spend church five minutes and or five weeks and now you see them blessed, that doesn't mean you're not going to be blessed sometimes God uses other people and their situations to reveal what was already in your heart and what does God do God pleads, come on let's get rid of that bitterness that junk that envy that jealousy that selfish ambition because God wants to bless everybody and if we understand this competition is over before it starts and instead of competing we start complimenting and building and we get on with a job but often in the church there's all this friction can we get rid of friction in the house of God and see the older brothers rise? Right up and the older sisters rise up into their destiny and into their calling and that's my heart as a pastor for us tonight on Father's Day that we understand our worth that we fight the right battles this warrior spirit gets so clear and finally my last point is this that we become worshipers when the father was there I believe that this father heart of God you know he was worshiping he understood he understood the power of his words he understood the power of God and here's the truth you will become what you worship And because this father, he wasn't worshiping wealth. He wasn't into the financial stuff. He he just thought, okay, what's really important are the life of my two sons. And I really want to ask, you know, if there's something about worship, there's something about taking the ability as a man or a woman of God and worshiping that automatically reexamines your priorities, that takes your priorities and it just lines them back up again. And suddenly you're like, okay, now I know what's most important. And as we go forward, I just want to challenge you, church. Let's reflect God's Father heart of God in these three aspects. Let's restore what it, what it looks like to be a man of God in society today. And I'll just close with this story, and then we're going to do something so incredible. We're going to honor a man right here who exemplifies everything I'm talking about tonight. You see, I remember my father, and this is one of my points I mentioned to Dennis when we were leaning on this conversation. Dad said, well, I failed you as a father. And I will say, Dad, you've forgotten. You've forgotten some of the things you did. And I reminded him, when I was about 16 years old, I just passed my driving test. And we didn't have very much money as a family. But my dad used all of his savings, and part of my savings, and he went, I got this old beat-up truck, and he bought it for me. And when I saw the old beat-up truck, it didn't look very good, and I was like, oh, I'm not really into it, but this is what my dad did. And I didn't even know. My dad took a couple of days off work, and he restored the car and hid it from me. And then when I was finishing, I'll never forget it. I was finishing high school. I was in uh, just about to go into my senior year, in year 11. And my dad, he, he took this primer, and he changed the color of the car, and he rubbed it and rubbed it. And so it used to be kind of this orangey color. He made that car sparkle pristine red. And then he, went out. he didn't have much money, but he went out and he bought me some brand new wheels. Put some brand new wheels on this truck. I mean, it looked phenomenal. It was still only worth about a thousand pounds. The engine had a lot of miles on it, but he made that thing look the best that he could make it look. And then at the end of school, dad drove it in, passed all my friends, and handed me the keys. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And and my dad, he had tears on his tears in his eyes as he gave it to me, took the keys. Man, I'll tell you what, that was no Bentley. That was no awesome vehicle, but to me, because it had the father's love, because it might have only cost a few quid, but to me, it represented my dad's blood and toil and sweat. I got in that car and I was so proud to drive it away. And I say that tonight as we just get to this place in this meeting, because maybe you've been in a place when you don't understand what fatherhood is. God wants to restore a relationship with you tonight. He wants to give you keys that open the door to your destiny. He wants to open the doors of your heart in a way that you never dreamed possible before. And it starts with just a prayer. Just a prayer. God, are you real? God, are you there? My natural father hurt me. My natural father let me down. But when you get honest and you say, God, I know I made mistakes. My dad made mistakes. But right now, like Dave said earlier, the baton, the cycle is going to be passed to me and it stops here. The hurt, the heartbreak, it stops here. And with me, I'm going forward. When you make that decision everything changed for me I was able to make that decision and so I leaned over to my dad that night and said dad this is the story you remember giving me that car that changed my life so don't you dare tell me you were a failure as a father don't you dare let that thought go through your mind be a warrior dad take that thought captive and from here on think no I've been a good father no I've done good things with my son that changed the destiny of my relationship come on let's change the relationships of the destiny of our family of our father and of our brothers and sisters all right, amen. Amen. Now we're going to do something really special. Are you ready for this? Now we're going to honor a man, like I said earlier. And to help me honor this man of God in our house is our, one of our great pastors on our team, Matt Hooper. Come on up, Matt.
1: Thank you. Can we give it up for Steve? That's such a great word. Give it up for Steve. That's was awesome, man. Well, I guarantee that this gentleman will not be expecting what is about to happen. And that kind of makes it all the sweeter because honor is where it's due. And sometimes it's not expected, but it's still due there. And this gentleman has been in our church for years and years and has remained as unchangeable in a good way as ever I can think of anybody else. I can't think of any time I've ever seen him flustered or cross or exasperated or losing his temper. I can't think of a time where I've seen him storm anywhere. I can't think of a time where I've seen him be unkind or uncouth towards anybody. I can't think of a time where I've seen him lose it. And for those of us who are hot-wired, he's a great model and a great example of what it means to be consistent. And you know, as a dad, one of the things that you look for as a dad is in the children. You watch the children to see what the dad's really like. Because, as the Bible says, I don't know if it's the Bible, somebody said it, your kids are like a hand mirror. They show you who you really are. So i got some work to do. But this gentleman is somebody we really, really want to honour, and I'm guaranteeing he won't be expecting it, but please, 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 could you put your hands together and stand up for Dave Miller. Yes, mate. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Said so he was not expecting that. Gonna take your seats. One of the things about honour which I encourage each of you to do honour in this society is just abused and and disrespected but honour when you honour somebody do it publicly do it out of your mouth make sure you speak kind words to each other even if you've been a fool in the past speak you know if you haven't spoken to your dad today even if he hasn't been the best dad wish him a happy Father's Day honour him honour him in some way but we're going to honour you today Dave I'm going to say nice things about you are you ready? Is this embarrassed? Well, okay. Like I've said, you are unflappable, consistently kind. You are gentle and you have a great way of nurturing younger people. The people feel very safe in your company and and you just bring people alongside. I've been in some situations with you where the Christmas, for example, where we had, you know, too many people in the building. And who should I see next to me but Dave Miller? And you were like, what are we going to do? And whatever we put our hands to do, you did it. You're just so faithful. You don't flap, you're consistent. And because you have a heart for the house, and because you love all that goes on, you understand the bigger picture. And that's you're not a a person who's committed to a job title. You're somebody who's committed to the house as a whole. Um, You have a huge amount of compassion an ability to nurture others. You're hugely respected throughout the church family. No, everybody loves you. And that that is not a common thing in large organisations. Everybody loves you. Your volunteer timesheet would look like most people's uh, full-time work. You put in so many hours, it's unbelievable. We love what you model, the dignity with which you model it, the grace and the consistency and the teamwork. We love you, Dave Miller. Give it up for Dave one more time. Okay,
2: Dave's just gonna say something. Gosh, what? Well, uh, well, my profession was a teacher, so they're very rarely speechless. But uh, hey, you guys—it's just serving you guys. I mean, we're in the house of God. We've got our great Father God, and it's—it's it's, it's not a job. It's not—it's volunteering, but it's just serving you guys. It's such a privilege. It's just a privilege to be with you guys because you make the job so easy. You'll behave yourself, which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I am speechless, but, uh, well, I'm flabbergasted, I'm, I'm, I'm honoured, um, but um, you know, j- just a big thank you to all of you. I, I am I'm short of words, but thank you, thank you, thank you. And, <laughs> hey. But we, we can all serve. <laughs> okay I'll, I'll just put a little advert in we can, we can all serve so you know if, uh, if, if well yeah I'll hand it back to you alright
1: man well we have a gift for you Dave
2: come on Andre bring the mampa
1: this is the mampa well that's just the start of it those are non fattening sweets and crisps But within this golden envelope is our privilege. This is a driving experience for a day. Yes, your eyes light up. There's a choice of five sports cars, a Lamborghini, an Austin Martin. You can't take them home, unfortunately, but you can drive them. So be blessed, mate. You can book that in. We can help you book that in. But can we just give it up one more time for Dave? Isn't he amazing? We love love Dave.
0: Dave. We love you, Dave. And you know what, Dave? Yes, mate. Dave, you know, you were a teacher for many, many years. But we want to thank you for teaching what fatherhood really is in our house. Behind the scenes in your organization, in your leadership, in your potential. And we trust that there's many more years and many more levels of your fathering yet to come out. That all those years of teaching are not wasted but for the, the for this time and this purpose. And we're calling out of you a fatherhood heart into our house. We honor you and respect you because we want that gift on the men. And when that heart gets turned out of you onto our men, I believe it's going to help so many more people. So we're saying to you, stop holding back Dave Miller. Step up and realize God has called you to be a father in this house. You have a special, special place here and in our hearts. This is a man of God we love. Come on, one more time. Give it up for this man. And now, Matt, I feel like we need to change the mood a little bit, don't you think? I think think? we need to change the mood, my friend. You know, it's hard being a dad, isn't it, Matt?
1: It's tough being a dad. I wish there was some way, I wish some people would have, like, expressed the tough life of being a dad. I wish there was some way that that would have been expressed in some way, you know? I
0: think we missed it because you're right. We should have planned for that. It's such a shame. I guess that's it
1: don't go anywhere we've got one more special event to show for you now but listen don't rush off we've got a giveaway all you guys in the house are going to get a giveaway so don't leave all our kids are going to come forward and give you something but first off don't leave until the end of this item because you're going to be gutted if you do first off conscripted well some say volunteered but i would like to say conscripted certain men in the church have put together what it means to be a dad in video form. So here it goes.
3: This is dad's life. This is how we live. 24-7, 365. Uh, yeah. Got my Skoda and my glasses. Don't care what the masses Think about me with my sweet goatee. I got my Disney on throw and done the Happy Meal run. Cruising with my pack. Quiet in the back, the back. I look nice I got lots of money and that's right It goes straight to my daughters and my wife I'm a miracle dad Making magic with the checkbook and the talent I have I'm the man of the house and I'm living my life First I gotta do the list of jobs for my wife All my friends playing golf I ain't got time for that y'all I'm a dad, taxi baby, times time to roll Check this, yeah! It's Saturday morning and I'm gonna hit the clubs Judo, then ballet, then swimming, then home Splishy splashy for an hour and it's stopping the shops Then it's back to the yard to clean my baby's butt It's the dance life, it's the dance life Take my daughter to the party, it's the dance life It's the dance life, it's the dance life life. Shooting bits of the kids, it's the dance line
2: I work out on the swings for an hour or two, then it's back to the house prepping for the barbecue. Sausages and burgers, rack of ribs, whatever. Get on the flames, man, nobody does it
3: better. 1080p, 16 by 9. I'm rocking my man cave with a screen like mine. Keep your grubby little hands off my remote. Pop up the corn, roll a Disney video. What, what Yeah. We go Anna, Kristoff, Olaf and Elsa. I've seen it 50 times and it still kinda gets me. Lion King, Aladdin, they're all my favorite films. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but you know I'm still cool. It's a dad, dad life. It's a, a dad life. Using my drill, yeah? It's a dad life. It's a dad, it's a dad, life. dad, it's a dad life. life. It's a dad life. Playing rough, fixing stuff. It's the dad life. It's a dance life, it's the dance life Take my daughter to the party, it's the dance life It's the dance life, it's the dance life life. Do it, it's the dance life
0: Hey, as we finish our time together, I hope now you're inspired to become that spiritual father, spiritual mother to a lost generation. Or even to people that are in your local church right now that need God's love. It is so important that you understand that and take up the message of the Father who found the son who was lost in the world and the son who was lost in the house. Next week, join with us. We're going to continue on and talk about so many great things that God is doing at Life Church. But until then, if you want to visit one of our four locations, we are one church on four campuses. We would love to see you either in Bradford, Belfast, Leeds, or Warsaw, Poland. Until then, have an awesome week.